Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. Estamos en vivo. Uh, let's uh, take care of some business before we start. Uh, this episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. That's the NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL. They're all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for your wagering, news, odds, trends, and predictions. With both desktop and mobile access at any time. So head to Bet Online today and use your promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And our uh, breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Raiders are kicking. Uh, we're going to start off with some shit talking of San Diego because they're <laughs> kicking the Cargadores ass right now, 42 to nothing. That's the breaking news, right, babyface? No, the breaking news is Jeff Passan, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers and Tampa Bay Rays are in agreement on a trade to send right-handed pitcher Tyler Glasnow and outfielder Manuel Margot to the Dodgers for right-handed pitcher Ryan Pepio and outfielder Johnny DeLuca. Contingent on Glasnow signing an extension with L.A., which is expected, sources tell ESPN. Uh, Michael Carrillo, hello. Welcome, my friend. I, I, I want to go to Alonzo first. Alonzo, you said it's a done deal, right? Yeah, I mean, apparently it's all things are indicating that he's going to sign an extension. Don't know what that extension is, but they make sense because they're not giving up whatever amount of years of control for Pepio just because, I mean, I, I said it in our group text yesterday, you know, you're, you're not, you're not just giving them up to give them up, right? Like you got to get something out of it. And, and by the way, real quick, the chargers suck. They're going to leave Brandon Staley in Vegas. Jeez, they're dog shit. Um, so anyway, Back to the the task at hand here. Um, I think that uh, Tyler Glasnow is, in my opinion, like when he's healthy, he has some of the best pure stuff on the planet. Like a, a big part of that is if healthy, right? And so, so uh, I mean, it's a great pickup for the Dodgers. Dodgers still have a lot to do. Like in my opinion, if you go out and you get uh, Yamamoto, then you've linchpinned your rotation for five to seven years with a guy like that, because we have to remember he's only 25, has not had any arm surgery. Count how many Tommy Johns are on the Dodgers roster currently. It's a lot. So that would be a huge uh, a huge benefactor. But regardless, you went out and got one of the best available arms on the market to fortify some other guy that they signed like for 10 years. I think it's something like 700 million or something stupid. But either way, it's a great move for the Dodgers. You're reinforcing the rotation. Clayton Kershaw said yesterday, 
he's still deciding what he's going to do. I don't see why he wouldn't come back. But again, with Walker Buehler, you don't know what's going to happen either. So it's a great move, all things considered. Am I wrong, Cody? No. I mean, what have I been saying kind of since the offseason started? Like, I, I've been extremely high on Ty- Tyler Glass now. And obviously, health is a big factor into why a lot of fans I've seen on social media that are very hesitant to make this deal. But, you know, if he is healthy and when he is on the field, you are right, Alonzo. He is one of the nastiest pitchers in baseball. He has one of the best strikeout stuff and just pure stuff. If you want to grade him on pure stuff as a pitcher, it, he has to be top five in the league. Um, and the Dodgers are taking a bit of a gamble because, you know, he only just now met his career high in innings last season at 120 and he's only pitched over hundred innings twice in his entire career. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, giving up Ryan Pepio and, and uh, uh, Johnny DeLuca, that's definitely a hard pill to swallow, but this is just some of, sometimes you have to give up a little bit to get a little and the Dodgers are desperate for proven arms. There's a difference between having arms and having proven arms. Pepio would be nice to have, but the Dodgers need someone with a little bit more experience. Uh, let's go to the group chat right now uh, to the comment section over here. Uh, Daniel, greetings, my friend. Uh, Michael Carrillo, I'm gonna. I want to get to your statement in a little bit. I, I just want to say hi to everybody else. Simeon, bienvenido, my friend. Giving me an update. Are you saying that the Raiders forty-two nothing over the Cargadores? Let's say it again. Sandra Fernandez, how are you, Sandra? Uh, Alicia is on her way. Is my understanding so? Alicia will be making a cameo uh, today. Uh, just an option. That's a very interesting point. I want to get that to that as well. Dennis Gonzalez, uh, Tommy Shelby, ready to pitch. I refer to him as Oppenheimer. I think uh, Glasnow is Killian Murphy's uh, stunt man. So we shall see. Another touchdown by the Raiders, Simeon. Is it 49 to nothing now? So uh, I'm so glad I picked up the Raiders defense. Anyways, I want to get back to Michael Carrillo's uh, question here. In terms of the glass now, Alonzo, Michael Carrillo is saying probably 90 to $110 million for between four to five years. You think that's, that's the way to go? I mean, and I, I, I want to tie in just an options uh, comment here where he says, if you don't have health, you have nothing. The Glasnow health situation, that does not give you pause. Would you go the route of Michael Carrillo, extend him four to five years, 90 to 110 million? Um, I mean, my prediction, I said it on Twitter, I think it's going to be four years, about 150. I mean, he, you know, if Blake Snell's getting 160, you, you got to give Glasnow something in that range. Um, you know, I, I think it's a fair point, right? The health of, of uh, Mr. Glasnow. Someone uh, when they text me earlier, when they uh, they you know there was rumors that the deal was close, uh, referred to him as Glass now, so that was out of pocket. But he's an Angels fan, so he's a little butter, so it can go either way. But um, but uh, I I I'm gonna I think it's gonna be above that, and I think it's a fair number just because again that's the market right now for starting pitching, especially like Cody said, it's one thing to go out and have a bunch of arms in the stable but you need to have arms that are reliable. And Tyler Glassnow gives you that. He's got postseason experience. He's gone out there and he, like like we've talked about, his stuff is pure, as pure as it gets. And I trust in, in Mr. Mark Pryor, as I've said before on the record on the show here. And I think Pryor 
being matched up with Glass now is a match made in heaven, and I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. Canelo, I'm going to come to you with uh, TQTO8's comment here. Uh, he loves Glasnow's talent, but I just don't get the Margot inclusion. I'd rather have DeLuca's potential over Margot. TQTO8, I said the exact same thing, and Canelo had told me he had an explanation for it. So let's go to Canelo. Let's hear it. Defend yourself, my friend. Yeah, I mean, obviously the big one that we wanted to see that was speculated a lot. I mean, we'll just throw it out there. Alonzo was probably the first one I've ever even heard say, and it was immediately after the NLDS loss to the Dimebacks. And in this trade, we really wanted Randy Rosarena. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of smoke around it. You know, he posted that stuff on on Instagram, but um, at the end of the day, it ended up he wasn't in included in the deal. Um, I still don't think the Rays are going to move on. But Margot. It sounded like Tampa has been trying to ship him off uh, just so they can cut payroll. Um, and he was due $10 million. They're actually sending over another $4 million to the uh, the Dodgers. So how about Andrew Freeman getting the raise to send cash considerations over? So, um, But yeah, you know, he's not going to blow you away uh, with the bat. At the end of the day, this is the type of guy, if they are going to keep him, not release him or flip him for something else, he's going to be a defensive first. and good on the base paths. That's what he has been throughout his entire major league career there with spurts of having good strides and hitting. Um, he's definitely going to be a platoon bat. You know, he he's going to sh- split starts similar to a David Peralta S maybe that's the, their solution. Throw him out there in, in left field. Um, but yeah, he's not going to blow you away, but I, I, I honestly get it. You know, we've been saying over the past weeks, the Dodgers need kind of some right-handed bats in their lineup and this definitely gives them a start to that at least and i i mean i put it out on on twitter as well where it just seems that andrew freeman and the dodgers for an office it seems like they value veterans um for platoon roles rather than these rookies which i was kind of excited over the past couple lives we have for johnny deluca to finally get a, his opportunity because if you look at his stats at the minors you know he looked extremely well against lefties posted an OPS well over one. He was one dotting against lefties in the, his minor ca- career, but uh, Andrew Freeman and, and Brandon Gomes seem to just to pivot. Uh, maybe it was just to get glass now off of their hands for them. But even, even when you look at the deal, it still kind of looks like an overpay for the Dodgers, but um, we really don't know what Margot's role is going to be because, you know, is he with the team come spring training? I, I'm not too sure yet. Uh, let's go to the comments here. Uh, Joseph Luca, I hope his endurance isn't his name, Glass Now. Every time you guys mention Glass Now's name, I feel like there's an e- extra emphasis on Glass Now. So I do think the health is a concern for everybody who's on the live right now. I'll take him, but I also want another bite from the sushi bar, Yamamoto. Okay, Joseph Luca. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paul doesn't like Margot. Uh, Michael Carrillo feels class now being from here. He's finally home. Timotle, I absolutely hate it. I like class now. It's just hard to believe the price had to be Pepio with all the young prospect pitchers. If Rays wanted a, a ready arm, involve a third team and use Michael Bush. That's interesting, Timotle. Pablo, my friend, no, uh, no need to apologize. I, I am sorry that you are a fan of the Cargadores because... My Raiders, the Raiders, uh, are handing it to your team right now. Uh, Dennis Gonzalez, we'll have to see how Margot uh, performs. Would have preferred Arosarena. 
Uh, JR is not a fan of the trade, but we will go ahead and see. Uh, Michael Carrillo feels there's going to be escalators, maybe takes it to 150 million if he hits certain innings and quotas. Uh, Dan Inspiration, I don't like Margo. I hope we trade him. He's a waste of space. Brandon France, pumped for Otani, Glass now, and hopefully Yamamoto. Also, welcome to the Big Ten, UCLA and USC. I'm from Iowa, by the way. Just an option. The freak man will cook a trade for Margot. Trust. Uh, okay. Uh, too bad La, La Reina de Playa Larga is not here because Paul wants Kike and not Margot. Is there still a possibility for scooping up uh, Arosareña since the Glasnow deal seemed a little more complex than most? Let's stop there. Alonzo, does this mean the Arosareña deal is, is dead? Here is my concern. I want to hear your thoughts on this, Alonzo. I I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Arosarena right now salary is maybe 20 million. Does that not, yeah. if the Dodgers are really in on Yamamoto, does a a botas de poder trade does that affect the Yamamoto chase? Are they maybe waiting to for Yamamoto's decision maybe and they will revisit a trade for the botas de poder? So I, I, it's funny you mentioned that. I think the reason that they didn't make that trade happen together, assuming, because I obviously, the, I mean, knowing Andrew Friedman, he's going to ask for who's available, right? He's going to ask for Randy. Um, and so I ultimately think that's a, a factor because if y'all, I honestly think, I mean, I think it was Roger that, that said, you know, Yamamoto was going to sign for like six years or $120 million. I spilt my proverbial coffee out because I was like, no chance. There is no chance in hell that he's only signing for $120 million. If y'all, I mean, the projections right now are that it's going to be a nine to 10 year deal for $304 million, I think is what somebody said yesterday. I think that's right in line. Granted, that doesn't mean that he may not defer some money, right? I don't think he will because it's his first deal and probably his only deal, uh, you know, kind of to, to bite the big apple, if you will, uh, when it comes to the major league deal. It's still a lot of money, but at the end of the day, how much, you know, are they going to try to do that thing again? Sure. Maybe, maybe he, he's willing to, uh, to defer some money, but nothing's a given, right? That, that number would be exponentially high and that'll obviously throw him over the threshold. However, if you have Shohei Otani, who's deferring 68 point whatever million dollars a year to win, it doesn't matter what it's going to cost. You need to go out and do that and win. And, and that comes in line with what they alluded to today in the press conference where a part of the pitch was, yeah, they won a World Series in the last few years, but the considering that we've only won one in the last 10 years is a failure. So that goes back to something we talked about in the when you know the doom and gloom happened in the postseason. The philosophy now is obviously we need to win as many of these chips as we can, especially with the best player on the planet on our team. So in my opinion, I don't think it's necessarily a money deal in the short term, I just think to make the deal happen because it's complicated, it didn't make sense to try to package them together. So I don't think that's off the table. But then again, it may not even be an option because who do the Rays really have after they've moved on from Glasgow? Canelo, do you think uh, the the uh, Randy uh, Rice Arena deal is, is dead, that it's, it's just going to cost too much? Yeah, I mean, could he get traded? I mean, it is the Rays. They usually surprise us with anything. But just looking at... His contract, you know, he's in his second year of arbitration and he's only going to get around seven to nine million dollars. Um, and he still has three years of control on top of that. So 
getting that bat for that price. Um, he is a little bit older. I believe he's 28, 29 years old right now. Um, it's going to cost a lot. The Dodgers may have asked about him to or inquired to see if he was available, and they probably did say maybe at a certain price. But I think this is a typical raise move to where they get a guy that's on one year, two guys that are on one year contracts, even though Margot has the mutual option, and they get two players that have one in Deluca who has six years of control, and then Pepio who has five. Um, they are still going to look to compete in the American League next year. And because of Randy Rosarena's control, I feel like they would like to hang on to him at least for the next year or two and, and still try to compete for a wild card um, because that division is pretty uh, pretty tough right now. But I definitely don't see him getting moved. Let's go back to the comments here on, on the live. Uh, JR, we could have gotten Kike or kept the Luca. Uh, Dennis Gonzalez, flip Margot and re-sign Kike. Uh, Joseph uh, Luca, Riceroni might be available closer to the deadline when Tampa falls off. Dan, the insp- uh, Dan inspiration. Margot is basically a Chris Taylor, so we really don't need him. Glass now is a warm-up pitch away from Tommy John, according to JR. Mr. Classic, Glass now has the same agent as Yamamoto. Uh, Dodgers are making it easier for Yamamoto. Okay, so here's... You bring up an interesting there. There are two things I want to address there. Um, we've been talking about the health, and I I got to tell you guys, I don't think it's just with Glass now. I'm I think everybody on this Dodgers pitching staff is one warm up toss away from we're losing them from the season. And I kept seeing these tweets about our 2025 uh rotation, you know. I, someone put Dustin May in there. I was like, guys, you guys are way too optimistic for my opinion. I, I'm really concerned about whether Dustin May is even going to make it back. I do want to remind you guys, they keep saying Walker Bueller's not even going to be ready by opening day. So, yeah, they def- I mean, they definitely need uh, starting pitching. But I, what I want to ask uh, Alonso is – you know, when this before the Dodgers signed Otani, I thought, okay, Otani's becoming LeBron here, right? And now there was all this talk about this is now open basically a tunnel of Asian players going straight to the Dodgers. But this fact that Glasnow's agent is the same agent as Yamamoto is is this the Otani factor or is this now the Dodgers are basically going to do business with everybody who's not a Scott Boris client? Well, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, when it comes down to the business of baseball, there's the business of baseball, and then there's the business of Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is a unicorn. That's why he got a unicorn contract. That's why he got the unicorn treatment. And and let's also call a spade a spade, because I've seen a lot of shit talking on the internet. If it would have been the Blue Jays that signed them, if it would have been the Cubs that signed them, if it would have been the Giants that signed them, it all would have been the same damn thing. So... He's an outlier. There's just no other way to put it, right? I mean, there we may never see anyone get as close to what he got on that base of the deal, ever. And so, so that's just that's just that. Yamamoto is an interesting um, player as a whole because I, I've seen a lot of people that are like, "Oh, well, he's too young, you know, to to have that arm motion that he has, and it's violent, blah blah blah." And so, honestly, I hadn't ever seen him play. So I watched just some bullpens and I watched a couple games of his. 
bro, anyone that says that that guy's arm slot and all this and that is dangerous, get out of here. Like, he's worth every dollar. And most importantly, if the Dodgers sign him, he's probably the only guy on that roster, as far as starting pitchers go, that has not had arm surgery. So, I mean, he already has an advantage there over everybody else. Shoei's had surgery, right? So, even then, he can't throw the ball until 25. So, you know, they have to find a way to fortify the rotation. Even Tyler Glass now is a, is a great piece, great piece. If Kershaw comes back, obviously he, he's an important part of the rotation. But at the end of the day, you need a linchpin. And in my opinion, if you go out and get Yamamoto, now we're talking, you know, borderline elite rotation. Because, I mean, you whether we like it or not, Julio Diaz is not in the picture anymore. Walker Beeler, obviously, we like you said it yourself, they're not even sure if he'll be ready for opening day. From there, Bobby Ice, great arm, not a proven arm. And we talked about that a minute ago. If you're going to go out and win, you need to have proven arm. And Yamamoto, yeah, he played in Japan, but the Japanese league isn't a league for schmucks either. It's a it's a difficult league. It's a tough league, and he's coming over here, and he's going to have an adjustment, just like anyone else getting adjusted to a new style of play, the way that the rotations work, et cetera. But his stuff is going to translate A-OK to the major league level. And in my opinion, I mean, you got to go out and get that guy. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Dodgers try to go out and get another proven arm. I, I mean, he, they've been linked with Lucas Giolito. They've been linked with other guys like that that are free agents. So it would not. I don't think they're done by any means with the rotation because they have to fortify that because it all comes down to one thing. They're, they, they're going for it. They want to win. And if you want to win, you have to have arms. Uh, Canelo, the thing that concerns me, there was a report, as Alonso had mentioned earlier, that I believe it was the Yankees uh, that were offering nine years, $304 million. Uh, I think those New York teams are going to go ahead and they're going to back up the Brinks truck. They're going to give him whatever he wants. Um, I think it's going to be really hard to say no if someone's offering you $300 million. Now, if the Dodgers go... 300 million on Yamamoto. And I know there's deferments with Otani, but the Dodgers will have committed a billion dollars to two players. Uh, my concern is this it seems like it's Yamamoto or bust. I know there's other pitchers available, Canelo, but how important is it uh, that they get Yamamoto? If they don't get Yamamoto, does it change the offseason a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so there are the reports going out there that. The Yankees are offering over $300 million. We all know the Mets and Steve Cohen. He has deep pockets as well, where he's more than likely willing to at least match or exceed that $300 million. And I really think it comes down to what Yamamoto wants. You know, I think with the Dodgers sales pitch, you know, where it was rumored where, you know, they sent Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Will Smith, and Otani himself fresh before he was even announced to that pitch meeting. I think the Dodgers are really... I don't think if they get him, they, they would be the highest bidder because I don't think they're going to go over $300 million. Um, I even think 280 in that range is still pushing it for them. I think they're going for the factor that, look, we have Otani. We are probably the best position to win in the National League or the MLB, however you put it. You come over here, sign a six-year contract, maybe with an opt-out or two, and then test free agency again when you're 30. Maybe that's how we want to win it, get a couple championships here. You know, Andrew Freeman likes to make all these deals complex, and we've talked about it before. In terms of starting pitching contracts, it's very rare for Andrew Freeman to give out the years and the dollar amounts 
Um, so Yamamoto, due to his age, and it, it, it's a little different because, you know, he, at 25 years old is really young for being on the open market, and he could get a pretty penny from the Dodgers still, but I really think they're going for that that it factor, trying to reel him in um, based off the players they already have and then the opportunity to win championships rather than to get guaranteed money. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are saying it, it's a 50-50 split right now between L.A. and the Dodgers, and when you have those types of odds, you know, anything can happen. Let's go back to the comments here on the live. Oscar uh, Oscar Rivas, I'd rather keep Pepio under five years under control. Uh, it did seem like Popote had turned uh, a corner last year, towards the end of last year. He was pitching really well. I would have loved to have seen him pitch in the playoffs just to see what he had, but we didn't get that. Ladies and gentlemen, the ghost of Al Davis, Philip Lopez, Mr. Raider, has entered the chat. My bad. He was watching the Raiders. The Raiders. Blow out Pablo's Cargadores. Uh, Roy Estrada in here. Good evening, amigos. Uh, and the ghost of Al Davis uh, sends salutes to you, Alonzo. Good to have you back. Roy Estrada has entered the chat. Roy, Juan, trivia. Who was the greatest Mexican hitter in baseball history? Okay, here's the thing, Roy. I, I think I saw a response later on that was gonna it was going to be my answer. Uh, it's a little conflicted uh, history. Because he's he's Mexican American, and for all that the history books say, Ted Williams really did not like the fact that he was half Mexican. But if you're going to go with Ted Williams being a half Mexican, I would probably say Ted Williams is the greatest Mexican hitter in baseball history. Alonzo, you turned your head. Do you disagree, my friend? Uh, well, I disagree with something in the comments. Uh, I think it's Jr. Uh, referred. You know, he said uh, Pete Rose said playing in Japan. Is like playing at the AAA level, and he's somewhat right. I haven't seen a Japanese pitcher have jaw-dropping numbers. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka, uh, Koji Uehara, uh, Iwakama would all like to have a word, JR, because those were some bad, bad dudes. Well, well what about the Mexican? Uh, Roy's uh, question. Who's the Mexican? Uh, the greatest Mexican hitter? I think it's Ted. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, how, how can you compete with that? That's true. Uh, let's go back to the comments here. Oscar Rivas, Kike is not an option now. Um, well, uh, we'll see. I, I don't think the Dodgers are done yet. I'm very curious what they're going to do here. Um, Dan Inspiration thinks Adrian Gonzalez, career 280 hitter. I, I think that's an interesting choice, Dan. I still think Ted Williams is probably a, a better hitter than Adrian Gonzalez. And we all love Adrian Gonzalez on the show. He's a friend of the carne asada. Nando 390. Okay, before we get the, to your comment, I just want to, because Ron Livingston was asking, where's the princesa? Sandra was asking where the princesa is. I know you guys were all worried where la princesa de Picolandia was. Well, I think she was, uh, she had a hard time getting out of Dodger Stadium because of Otani's press conference. <laughs> princesa, bienvenida, how are you? Um, hi, I'm I'm here. I'm sorry to have missed so much on such a special day. It's like a holiday here in Los Angeles and what a reception. Um, I want to comment on the Ted Williams. May I? Go uh, right ahead. Go right ahead. If, if we're going to uh, question if Ted Williams is the greatest Mexican hitter in Major League Baseball, I wouldn't because it's the Mexican side of him that taught him how to play baseball. So I say, 
right? I mean, let's let's keep it real. It's his Mexican uh, uncle, his father's brother, that taught him, you know, how to be a great baseball player. So just saying, shout out Sonora. Uh oh, there we go. Here she comes with her Sonora love. Uh, let Let's go to Nando's question here. Uh, when he brought up, okay, anyone brought up Kershaw's comments yet? Is he jealous much of Otani? Nando, you bring up a very interesting point because if you read his comments, and this is Nando's referring to the interview that Kershaw did with a uh, friend of the uh, Carnesada, Dave Essay, on, on 570. If you read his comments only, Nando, I think you might be right. I, I think there is, he does come off. I don't know if jealous is the right word, but it did come off like he was over this Otani thing. And if you read the comments, you could read maybe there was subtext that he wasn't crazy. But if you listen to the interview and you hear the inflection of his voice, I don't think that applies. But Alonzo, did you hear the interview? And do you feel maybe there was a little, I don't want to say jealousy, but maybe a, a little uh, bitterness on Kershaw uh, with his comments about Otani and the fact that he would not commit to coming back to the Dodgers. Not at all. I mean, I, I listen to it as a guy that understands what the Dodgers are trying to do. You know, they, they're going for it. And I mean, he also, for context, he did say we a couple of times. So, so it's one of those things where I, I don't look at it that way either. Um, if anything, I think, I mean, I, I understand why he's not committal, right? Because he had surgery, gets to be a free agent for a minute. The spotlight isn't on him. So I'm sure he likes that too. But I, I don't, I don't look at, at, at anything more than that. I mean, he knows how this works. And the thing is, too, is if there's a guy that's earned their right to be non-committal, it's Clayton Kershaw. I mean, Clayton Kershaw can go out there. I mean, they're going to build a statue of him outside of the ravine one day. That guy that guy can kind of do whatever he wants. So if he wants to come back and do the, uh, the hey, I'm going to come back in the summer thing, let him do it, man. I mean, he's earned it. Let's go to the president of the Clayton Kershaw fan club, La Princesa de Picolandia. Princesa, you heard you heard the interview, right? I heard some of it. I got back in my Jeep and I, I didn't get the beginning, but I think I heard enough. He just sounds like Kershaw. Do, do we not remember? Like a red ass? Is, is, well, is that what you're saying? I mean, are we forgetting what he was like in the beginning of his career? Right? And, and He's softened up a bit. He's mellowed out. He's a dad. He's coming to the end of his. Um, I agree with Alonso. I just hope that if he, if and when he comes back, he stays a Dodger. You know, I just, um, I think it would be awesome, especially with the commitment that this team has to win. I want to get Kershaw another ring. And I don't think he sounded jealous. I just think it was flashbacks to, I mean, what do we want from him? Do we want Kershaw to be? He would get criticized if he was overly into Otani. He can't win. So, I mean, I'd rather have old Kershaw back, especially if he's going to, you know, keep wearing that Dodgers uniform. He's he's a competitor. He wants to win. He doesn't have time to be, you know, glossing over. He's not Dodgers PR. I'll leave it like that. His job is not to make Shohei look one way or another. He himself is a future Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't I don't worry about if he's salty or not. We're not going to get all TMZ now, are we? Start <laughs> causing rumors and... <laughs> Canelo, uh, I know you, you heard the interview because you are the insider. Uh, is there any... It, pr 
Do you agree with my statement that if you read those comments, they play differently as to when you actually hear the tone of his voice? Yeah, honestly, I saw the comments first on Twitter from someone reporting it, and I was like, it's like, damn, I was like, old man yells at cloud moment for Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> so I was actually, because I was like, damn, it sounds like either he feels some type of way or, or whatnot, but then I went and listened to it, and it, he sounded fine. You know, he talked positively about Otani, talked positively about the Dodgers. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not really much else he could say. You know, he's technically still not a member of the Dodgers. So he's pretty much just giving a little bit of the opinion he had. Um, and obviously he's at a difficult time right now in his career because he just had surgery. And now he's working his way back. So um, I don't expect him to be super giddy about anything happening baseball related right now, unless it has something to do with him. Um, but yeah, you know, do we expect to see him back in Dodgers blue? I, I certainly think so, especially if he does continue to play. Um, but like we've been saying for a couple of weeks right now, the Dodgers need to put a product on the field and then think about Kershaw after. Uh, Canelo, I want to follow up with you because in that interview, he said he feels great and he expects a pitch in July. When I heard that, I was like, God damn, the, the, I felt like this is last year all over again. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong I don't with I don't me. believe it. I, I he could say he feels fine. Um, I guess because you know, if I if I had surgery and I was planning on playing again, I would probably say the same exact thing. But you know, I think at the end of the day, it's another PR spin on it. Andrew Freeman's familiar with it, Dave Roberts is familiar with it, Clayton Kershaw is obviously familiar with it as well. Of course, he's gonna say that. Of course, he thinks first it was everyone was speculating in August, now it's July and, and and maybe, maybe in the next interview, it'll be June, and then he'll actually have a two-year <laughs> offer on the line from a variety of teams. But um, I think if you're a dot through the Dodgers right now, you have to – you want him back, but you have to anticipate that he's not going to pitch in 2024 because I think that's the best plan to go for. So what does that mean? That means go in the market, maybe get a Yamamoto, maybe get two or three B to C tier pitchers to fill out the back end of that rotation. And then if all goes well – Get Kershaw a one-year or two-year deal. Have him come join you at the end of this year. If not 2025, call it a career. Let's go to Mr. Hot Take, Alonso. I don't think we heard your take whether you think Kershaw is going to pitch next year. Do you think it's happening? No. Um, I Listen, I mean, that, that, that I think that situation was worse than they let on to be. Mm-hmm. And and now we're here, right? And so it, it's going to mean, I mean, that's the other thing too, right? When you're on the wrong side of 30, it takes a minute to really kind of get the body driving the way you want to. And his back has had issues, and that's a, an important part of, of any pitcher's delivery. And so all those things kind of are, are this microcosm of weirdness, but it all affects what you're trying to do, right? And so I think, in my opinion, I, I would take the year off. I'd be, hey, man, let's take a year off going to 25 and, and if it were me i'd be like 25 is my swan song gear let's just put it all out there and let's see how it goes and if you have a yamamoto on, on the rotation shohei's back and potentially throwing next year i mean that why wouldn't you do that yeah that's why i've said multiple times that i think his best choice is to take a two-year deal the same thing with brandon woodruff brandon woodruff had the same exact injury same shoulder repair and he's pretty much expected league-wide to be out all of 2024, and they got the surgery around, if not at the same time. So that's why I think you should anticipate Kershaw having the same 
situation as well. You know, plan for him to be out all of next year. Sign him to that two-year deal if you wanted him to continue. But I'll even go a little bit step further. I feel like the Dodgers are kind of continuing to turn the page on moving on from one chapter to the other. And I mentioned it last live. How much have we even heard about Kershaw until that interview with Vassay the other day? It, it just seems like this is a different team now. Um, are you pissed off, Princesa? How they talk about your Kershaw like this? No, no, no. I I am a realist. I mean, I I do get romantic notions about baseball, but I I hear what Canelo is saying. I hear what Alonso is saying. If you recall, just a mo- few moments ago, I said if he comes back, I hope he stays a Dodger. That's my asterisk. I will be devastated if he finishes his baseball career in another uniform. And everybody talks about Texas. And you know how I feel about Texas. So it's like a double whammy, double whammy. It's going to be Astros. <laughs> so, but I mean, again, he's a family man. And I know his family's there. His home base is there. I get it. It all makes sense. But, of course, I want, you know, one more season, one more ring. We've got Otani for 10 years. Can we just squeeze Kershaw in for one more? Um, can I bring up, did did you hear um, Kershaw bring up how he he picked off Otani on first base, at first base during yeah. the I like that. He's, he didn't seem salty. So did I hear the whole interview then if I heard that part? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think you caught the, yeah. I, I think you got the most important parts. Let's go back to the comments here on the live. Ron Livingston, he wants Yamamoto. Um, the ghost of Al Davis, the Dodgers are stacking pitchers and his best Kobe Bryant voice. Job not finished. Black Mamba. Uh, let's see here. Michael Carrillo. They still need to trade four to five more people on the 40 man to add two more pitchers that they need plus an outfielder and somebody else. And so Michael is talking about something that I am. Um, that's what I'm afraid of. I mean, they just signed Shohei Otani. They just got t- Tyler glass. Now that seems to be a huge off season for any team, but yet Michael Carrillo brings a very interesting point. It's like, it still feels like the Dodgers need more in order to win. And this is what this is about. This is about winning a world series. This is not about making the playoffs, but this is about winning the world series. So at this point, Alonso, is it really more about cleaning up this 40 man roster and getting rid of players and bringing in those people that are going to put you over the top? Absolutely. I mean, like Canelo said, you're move, you're change, you're going into another chapter, you're going into another phase. Andrew Friedman even said this today on MLB Network when they were talking about everything. It's, yeah, the, the past chapter was the past chapter. Now we're kind of, he didn't use reloading, but we're, we're turning the page and going on to another chapter. I mean, this is going to be the Shohei era, right? The Shohei era is, is, is for all things that they've alluded to, Shohei's alluded to it, Friedman's alluded to it, Fernando Canasada, Stan Kasten's alluded to it, is going forward and winning. Winning is is what this chapter is. And you need to go out and get the right pieces in order to be able to continuously be there to win. Shohei said it on, on, on the on the thing. I, you know, hey, the Dodgers are doing something I haven't done, and that's go to the postseason regular. And first of all, ouch, and I, <laughs> goddamn, <laughs> pour my trouts at the house like the fuck that I do. Um, but, but, you know, it, it's, that, that's a part of why he came here is the winning mentality. He signed with the Dodgers 
with the expectation of not winning one championship, but multiple championships. And and in order to do that, you're obviously depth is a big part of it, but you have to have linchpins, whether it's you know in the in the lineup as far as hitting goes, pitching and relief pitching. Let's not forget the Dodgers are also still linked with Josh Hader. So they're they're going out and trying to to get these lynch pieces, lynch pin pieces, I'm sorry, for all kind of the facets of the game. If they go out, if they get Hader, if they get Glassdale and they get Shohei in one offseason, I mean I mean, Friedman already has job security because of that key man clause and Shohei's deal. But just build the statue now. Honestly, just build. Because for any other team, that's just a generation, right? That's just one thing. The deals that, that Friedman has done, the Mookie deal, the Freddie deal, now the Shohei deal. That's just things that like guys just, I'm going to go play MLB the show and I'm going to pretend I did that. But Friedman's done that in real life. And so that's kind of what sets the things apart is going out there and executing. And so now... They have to find these linchpins. So point is, it's all about winning. So in, in order to win, you have to have these long-term linchpin pieces. And that's, yeah, it sucks getting rid of Ryan Pepio. But as Cody and I have alluded to, you have to have a proven arm. And that's the start of that process. Uh, let's catch up with some of these comments here. Uh uh, PJ May is glass. I, I mean, I look, I was a big fan of Dustin May. I was really high on him, but I think that poor guy is just bitten by the injury bug and it, it's just it's just really sad. Uh Roy Estrada demonstration uh Ted Williams Ted Williams changed his name to avoid his pre- avoid prejudice and harassment. Mother and grandparents were from Mexico. Uh Joseph Luca um Canelo has mentioned this name a lot. So if Yamamoto who is expected to make his decision before Christmas so it's more than likely next week the Dodgers are going to have to change gear. And Canelo, this is a name that you bring up a lot. Joseph Luca is saying Imanaga, a left-handed starter. It seems like the rotation is very right-hand dominated. Would it behoove the Dodgers to start contacting Imanaga now, Canelo? I mean, I think if that gets leaked out, that means that they lost the Yamamoto sweepstakes and you know, they I, I, I've kind of gone back and forth. Do they need a lefty to kind of break apart the rotation? I mean, it would be better, but it's not necessary. Like they could throw out an already rotation, especially with these type of flamethrowers that they got going in the rotation right now between Glass now, Miller, um, leading that pack right there. And then perhaps in the future, you know, maybe they do count on some of these guys coming back from injury. But for this season, um, Imanaga does seem like a safe bet, but it just depends on how much Yamamoto gets kind of correlates with how much Imanaga is going to get where I don't, I would overpay for Yamamoto just due to his age, but Imanaga, I wouldn't really feel comfortable going much over a hundred million because he is in his thirties. He does have a high home run rate from Japan. That'll probably continue to go up in the MLB where you're facing better competition. Um, but, you know, they already have a, a lefty in their rotation. Uh, Dodger legend Ryan Yarbrough, you know. <laughs> that, that's our guy right there. Canelo back on the Yarbrough train. Uh, look, this is the Shohei Otani effect because we have a Japanese viewer. Unfortunately, I cannot read your name uh, because it's in Japanese and I don't read Japanese. <laughs> but you say, I am Japanese. Deco pin means forehead flicking. I think Shohei wanted to flick Artie Moreno's forehead with his finger. In Japan, Shohei dog name is biggest news. Really, really cool, cool name in Japan. Um, so we had talked about comment of the night, right? 
So Michael Negrete, I think this wins not comment of the night, but maybe dad joke of the night. May is glass now. Very well played, Michael Negrete. Uh, Princesa, <laughs> I think this one's directed towards you. Nando, Kershaw is over. The Ota- It's the Otani era. They don't need Kershaw's bad attitude. You hinted at it, Princesa. It wow. seems to me like to since this has happened, and let's talk about it. The Dodgers now are the most followed team in Major League Baseball on Instagram. They passed the Yankees. This is the Otani factor. We Alonzo had mentioned the clauses in his contract. I mean, this is the Otani show. I have a friend who's an Angels fan who kept telling me, and then especially today, it seemed to really resonate where he says, you guys don't know what you're in for. You really don't know what, what this is. And this is not talking about how great a player he is and all that stuff, but it, this is just Otani dominates everything. So, Princesa, do you feel it already? What Nando is saying? Like, Canelo, I think you, the page has turned. It seems like the Dodgers now, no more reunions. I'm sorry, I don't see Kike fitting in here like a lot of people are saying in the comments. This is now the Otani show. And Otani is running the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean... Why wouldn't you? You know, we alluded to that he's similar. If you're going to have a player GM like LeBron in, in the NBA, Otani's probably your safe bet for how he is in the Dodgers. You know, the stuff that he put in his contract and the way he set it up, even though he did specify that he, he had that opportunity to do the deferrals with pretty much every team he talked to, because at the end of the day, this dude just wants to win more than anything. I mean, he, he wasted six years of his career in Anaheim where they didn't make the playoffs once with arguably the two best players in, in recent memory right now and Mike Trout and himself. So um, yeah, you know, if, if he walks into the front office and tells Andrew Freeman during this, like maybe even today, he's like, you know, I really want you to sign Yamamoto. I guarantee you the ownership group and will make Andrew Freeman sign whoever, or at least a, attempt to, to go get whoever Otani's asking for. So um, yeah, I, I I don't think there's any problem with it. And I, I do agree with the comment, you know, I feel like everything that he put in this contract says a lot of how, how he probably viewed the angels ownership. And, you know, he's probably he's got, just got scared straight. He's like, you know, this, these Dodgers, the people that are running this, the, the team right now, they want to win. If they leave, I'm leaving. Like, so <laughs> that's probably where he's at right now. He, he sees what they've done. You know, they're not that far away from Anaheim. So, um, and they play them every year. So he sees what the Dodgers are doing. While they haven't gotten the championships they needed, you know, he even expressed today, you know, that they, like we said, they view it as a failure, even though they do have one World Series in that 10, that 10, 13 year window. Um, they want multiple rings. So, yeah, Otani is the leader right now. And pretty much he is the face of the Dodgers in terms of international market and, and for the MLB right now. Princesa, are you okay with? Otani being the face now. It's not El Muki. It's not Federico. It's Otani. Yeah. And I think in part of your question was, are you surprised? And absolutely not. Um, I was at the spring training for the Angels when Otani appeared. And there were groups of Otani fans from neighboring colleges that had driven 
for many, 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 many miles and not, not just the neighboring colleges. They were all there to see Otani. They bedazzled t-shirts that they had made because his jersey wasn't available to purchase there at spring training. Like he, he is a phenomenon and this is Hollywood. And I think it's a perfect marriage. Where else is he going to go that is going to feed the Otani monster? And I mean that in a good way. You know, I wanted Otani to be here. I wanted that when he was an angel. I couldn't understand why he went there and he paid for it, like Canelo just said, <laughs> for six years. And I wanted to reach out to everybody, uh, you know, joining us this evening. That comment that Canelo just brought up, that stuck with me about how the Dodgers view the past 10 years as a failure. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. Does that not show our, you know, myself included, that they want to win? They're not satisfied with just winning, you know, the division. I hope they, you know, ease up on Dave Roberts, too. Yeah, I said it. I hope he gets credit because Otani thanked him as one of the fab five. Otani included Dave Roberts as thank you for welcoming here. He's one of the reasons he chose to join Los Angeles. Am I wrong? Not at all. Let's let's go ahead and, and catch up on some of the comments here on the live. Uh, Michael Carrillo, if I'm being generous, the rotation as it is right now is only 600 innings. So probably 230 innings short. That makes me very nervous, Michael Carrillo. FJ Lopez, Dodgers first home game will pay Shohei's salary for the whole year. Yeah, if you haven't noticed, I think the cheapest ticket to get in on opening day and that's up in the like uh, on the roof. I think is a 400 something dollars. So good luck to all of you who already have your tickets. Um, Michael, uh, yeah, the princess doesn't have that's that's uh, the princess just went. That sounds like your problem. No, uh, that's, that's, that's like a you day. problem. Juan is what the princess is just o saying. Opening day is always overly priced. It uh, Otani just added to that. But even if Otani was not a Dodger, opening day is always expensive and sold out. It's, it's what it is. But Good recovery. Good recovery there, Alicia. <laughs> Uh, I, I did hear this. Michael Carrillo brings it up. Thankfully, it's being reported that the Dodgers, and I think it was Heyman, so take that with a grain of salt, but is reporting that the Dodgers are not interested in Blake Snell at all. I'm sure that makes Blake Snell very upset because there's no one else to drive the price uh, up for him. Uh, Dan, inspiration, Dodgers can pivot to Imanaga if they can't get Yamamoto. Yeah, the Dodgers looking at Hader, um, that to me made me scratch my head, PJ. But I do believe that Hader has the same agent. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Canelo. I believe Hader has the same agent as Otani. Hey, am I right there? I have to look that up, but I'm not huge on the, the agents. But, you know, if there's a link there, that makes sense. Uh, Pablo, the tickets for opening day are worse than Messi's first game at Inter-Miami. Uh, gone are the days of the pavilion seats being the most affordable uh, seats. I think you're right. Uh, Dennis Gonzalez wishing good luck to Pepito and the Deluca boy, a.k.a. Penguin Jr. in Tampa. Hey, we, we just got a, a, a super chat here. Kevin Dodgers Guerra, who's from New Jersey, we found out on the last live. Stat line prediction for Otani next season. Hey, that's right up Alonzo's alley. Alonzo, what are you predicting his stats are going to look like? Oh man, that's a good question. By the way, Hater is a CAA guy, so that yeah, I just looked it surprise. up. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I think 
So the reason I'm hesitant to go kind of hot take on it is only because of the surgery. You know what I mean? Because it's a new surgery. Apparently it wasn't like a Tommy John regular. Neil Neil Elitraj is a is an interesting cat. I'll leave it at that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go two eighty hits, thirty bombs, hundred and ten RBIs. Canelo. So this is where I'm a little iffy because um, I I looked back at his stats post his first Tommy John surgery and kind of happened at a weird time in history. You know, 2019 and 2020 is where he was rehabbing that injury. And his stat lines as a hitter didn't look extremely well, especially in 2020. I feel like he, he would like to forget that year, power numbers down. But, you know, only a 60-game sample size, so you can kind of throw that regular season out. Um, but, yeah, I kind of agree with Alonzo. I'm not going to go crazy because – you know, that would just be too on the nose to say, all right, this guy's going to win MVP uh, just as a DH. He's going to hit 50 home runs now. I, I, I still think the power will be there, probably around 30 home runs. Um, I definitely think the OPS is going to be right around one dot, um, similar to how it was this past season, probably around, I would say, low 990s to, to one. So, uh, and that's extremely well. One thing Otani's done extremely well. Um, every year that he's approved on is something that we've actually talked about the Dodgers struggle with. And that is high velocity fastballs. Otani has raised his batting average from low one hundreds to almost 300 against that pitch. Um, and if he continues to do that, hopefully he gives some of these Dodger hitters hitting lessons and, and he'll help the whole team out. But I definitely look at a good stat line across the board. Can I, mean, I pick I know- on that one? Go ahead. The reason I think a part of the reason I think the Dodgers also went the full 10 years is his his swing is going to age very well. And that goes in line with like what Cody said, with what the Velo going, you know, being able to hit Velo every year continuously. That's something you don't really see with guys. They're consistent, but you don't really see it increase as time goes on. And that for me is, is a part of why the Dodgers went out and gave him this 10-year deal. Because at the end of the day, let's call a spade a spade. He's not going to pitch all 10 years. But it, the, him being a DH, aging into that over the next 10 years, like if that dude just continues to be better, I'm cool with it. I mean, he also hit 304 last year. So, I mean, he's coming off of an MVP year, so, so it, and that was hurt. So even then, I still think we're being conservative realistically, but it, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, and then it's just look at the guys around him in this lineup compared to when he was in Anaheim. Like, he is protected extremely well, where if you were facing the Angels – like I went to a series where they played the the Phillies at the end of the year. And even with Otani hurt, they still intentionally walked him and, and the angels were already out of el- elimination and it, it was a meaningless game for uh, the Phillies. So you can't do that with this Dodgers lineup. So you may see career highs and maybe RBIs and, and, and like just hits in general, cause he's going to get p- pitches to hit. And that's where I'm kind of interested is just where are they going to bat him in the lineup? You know, traditionally these past two years, it's been Mookie Freddie as the one-two. Do they break it up? Do they try to move Mookie down in the order? I know they tried to do it before. Mookie wasn't super comfortable with it. So that's my biggest thing. And that's, you know, Dave Roberts has a, a, a fun problem to solve there. Princess, I know you love all the nerd talk that's going on right here. I wanted to comment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm going to bring you in on the nerd talk. Let me just go ahead and read another super chat. Sean Allen, thank you very much for your contribution. Alicia is correct about Dave Roberts. That's a perfect setup there for you, princess. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank all these super chats, guys. By, by the way, guys, uh, thank you for your contribution. But thank go you. ahead, princess. I joined the nerd talk here. Talk stats because I know you like talking numbers. All I'm going to say about the stats is, I just hope all of this glorious, all of these glorious numbers help the two, the number one guy in the lineup during the postseason. That's what I care about. Is is this going to elevate the guys that didn't show up in October? Not mentioning any names. Is it too soon to talk about the postseason? That's what I was gonna bring up. <laughs> oh, damn, shade. Shade. <laughs> Look, and that's coming from the most positive person on this show. Okay, she's already <laughs> the guy's worn the jersey for not even twenty four hours, and La Princesa is already saying he's going to go zero for twenty one, isn't he? They're going to lose in the no. division series. No, oh no, that's not what I. I, I want the rest baby face. Clip this, clip this, so when it happens, we can <laughs> say La Princesa did it first. No, if anything, I want the opposite. I want the. You know, we even have some of the comments talking about Otani's swing. He doesn't blow his back out like Mookie. Like, these are things that can they learn from Otani? Can they, can they, you know, rise up to Otani? You guys were all talking about Otani like he's the second coming of baseball. He's being treated as so. I get it. But is this going to help the rest of the team during the postseason? Because that's where the Dodgers fall off. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Wow, the that's how over here is like the I owner think of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. You know, I, I think he will. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's like it's like I used the comparison a minute ago of Leo Messi coming to the states, right? Yeah, he's not in his prime, but that guy, everyone had to play to his level. They're not going to go. He's not going to stoop to their level. And ultimately, I think I mean Otani is a unicorn. Like whether I'm of the party that I didn't think this was going to happen. I, I at all did not expect this to happen, and I'm glad it's happening. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's also good for the clubhouse because, like, even Gavin Lux yesterday, he was on. I forgot whose show he was on, so I can't credit who it was. He talked about how he saw Shohei, and the first thing he said is, like, damn, this fucking guy is huge. And number two, just he's already there lifting. Like, that. that's the sort of stuff that you kind of see, like, those intangibles of guys that, that go about it. Because the thing about Shohei, Shohei's a lot like Leo Messi, too. He's, a, he's not a loud guy. He's not a very assuming guy. He just wants to show up, do the thing. It just so happens he's a very good baseball player, if not the best baseball player on the planet. And that's going to transcend in a different way to this clubhouse in a way that I don't think this clubhouse has seen before, if I'm totally honest. We got another super chat, uh, Rudy Oroña. Rudy, thank you, my friend. Thank you for your contribution. Thank you for supporting us. This is towards the next carne asada. I'm glad I stumbled across the show Tell your friends, Rudy, uh, it's helping our going to Korea fund to cover the Soul Series um, that we need. Uh, look, there's a lot of action here going on on the chat. Uh, I know we're getting towards the end, so I'm going to try to speed through some of these as much as I can. If I don't get to your comment, my apologies here. Um, but uh, we're time just seems to fly here in the carne asada. Like, oh, you guys always bringing up good points. And uh, let's go ahead and see what we can. Um, uh, TQT over here, um, 08. I love Kike, but I think you guys are overrating Kike a lot because he is a fan favorite. Um, you're absolutely right. Joseph DeLuca, 
Uh, you think the Dodgers juggernaut they're building might hamper trade talks. Nobody wants to contribute to what we're building. That is very interesting, Joseph, because they got to save something for the trade deadline, right? So they can't, like, get rid of all their prospects now. Um, Joseph Luca also a vote for Fernando Valenzuela as the greatest Mexican hitter. I will say this. People sleep on Valenzuela's hitting. Uh he, he was a great hitting pitcher. I think he, he won the Silver Slugger a, a few years. Um, let's Beto see. Avila. Don't forget about Beto Avila. There, there we go. Beto Avila. Avila. Uh, Vinny Castilla. There's some love for Vinny Castilla in the, ch in the chat here, LC. Um, let's see here. Let's see if we can get. I know this is getting close here uh, to the end. Uh, <laughs> some very, very interesting comments here on the, on the chat. Uh, again, uh, I think the ghost of Al Davis always puts in a trade Austin Barnes, uh, Roy Estrada is saying trade Austin Barnes for a ping pong table. Look, guys, I did say someone say trade him for baseball equipment for the, for the Dodgers foundation. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Wow. Yeah, like, damn. He's one of the few Mexicans left on the Dodgers, guys. We got we got to show him love. Is, uh, he gonna, I, is someone asked if if they if we think Barnes will stay if Kershaw doesn't return? Well, I I don't. I is this the last year on his contract? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Look, Canelo brings up an interesting point. There is something about the Dodgers and their love of veterans. So if you do get rid of Austin Barnes, that means you're going to hand Hunter Fiducia a pitching staff. And we've never seen Hunter Fiducia in, 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 major, in the major leagues. And Will Smith, if you start looking at the second half of Will Smith's last two seasons, I think that has to be a little concerning in, in terms of his health. So while I understand why you guys love to bash on Austin Barnes, what other backup catcher is available that we can bring in that is serviceable? And keep in mind, if Will Smith goes down, what are we going to do? Princesa, you, you're chomping at the bit. Well, I just wanted to contribute something. I heard Kershaw himself express, and again, paraphrasing, it was a while ago, but he attributed Barnes, Barnsey, with being like the manager of the clubhouse. Like he's a leader. And you can't you can't buy that, right? Like it's natural or it comes natural. So let's not just talk about his average, but I guess Barnsley gets a lot of respect in that clubhouse, you know? Maybe it being so serious. <laughs> uh TQT08, that is, I think, the, the the big question here is if the Dodgers lose out on Yamamoto, you have Imanaga, but what else? If everybody on the chat here and everywhere I'm hearing is the Dodgers need more than one starter, where can they go? Yes, Lucas Giolito is there. None of you guys are concerned with the fact that once Lucas Giolito got traded, his ERA went through the roof. And I know people are saying, you know, the Dodgers can fix them. You can fix them. Uh, look, the boatman will tell you they did a good job of fixing Noah Syndergaard. So, I, I mean, <laughs> wow, it is like at this point, you do have to wonder because you I said his name. A lot of people catching strays on this stream tonight. Well, <laughs> Noah Syndergaard is uh, is one of the, the, the favorites on here. But 
before we wrap this up, guys, I, I guess that is the big question here is we're waiting for Yamamoto. That is going to be the next chip to fall, right? And yeah. if this Margot thing, if he is going to stay or if he's not going to stay, all I kept hearing was the Dodgers need another right-handed bat. So if plan A doesn't work for the Dodgers, what are plans B and C for the rest of this offseason? Because it seems like nobody, all the all the pundits on TV are still saying the Dodgers need more help in the rotation. Alonzo, how do you see the rest of this offseason going? I mean, I think Cody and I are going to be on the same page. If Yamamoto goes to the Yankees, you have to go to the trade market because, I mean, I mean, no disrespect to Lucas Giolito, but I don't think Giolito is going to carry you to a World Series. And so you, you have to find something else to kind of fortify that rotation with. The thing is, is I don't really know who else may potentially be available that they'd go out and, and get that would kind of be a, a quote-unquote frontline starter. And so, you know, the hope I assume is, is, okay, you, you get Walker Beeler, question mark, at some point. And then Bobby Ice is doing the thing after Tyler Glass now. I mean, you need three starters to win. And if Walker Buehler is Walker Buehler of old, obviously you're not worried there. Bobby Ice has all the potential in the world, but is that really what you want to kind of bet the house with to go out and win a championship? Given the circumstances of where the culture is headed, I would say no. Canelo? Yeah, I mean, even if they do sign Giolito, which I still think is probably a safe bet that is going to happen just because of how heavily he's been linked. I mean, you can't rely on him to be effective just given how you mentioned, Juan. Like his ERA, once he got traded, went from like a 3.5 to a, a 7 or 8 yes. ERA in the second half on two different teams. Yeah. Um, so while I do think he will probably be a part of this team uh, somewhere down the line, um, there really isn't much left on the trade market or free agency that really would probably excite the Dodgers. Like Giolito would be their guy that they think that they can fix and make better or, or, or whatever they try to do with Syndergaard in years last year. So um, I really think they're going to rely on some of the young guys that they have in their minor leagues. You know, we already saw Emmett Sheehan last year. Um, Gavin Stone is definitely a bet if he's not traded. Um, to get another shot to either make the rotation or be like a, a lengthy piece in the bullpen. Michael Grove kind of showed a lot of improvement in the second half. Once he shifted to a bullpen role, maybe he makes some more adjustments to get put into the rotation, at least to start the year, because they are talking, we already mentioned it briefly, where maybe Walker Bueller is delayed so they can conserve his innings for more in the second half in the playoffs than in the first half. Um and then you also got Landon Knack, who's almost 27 years old, just sitting in AAA waiting for his opportunity. He, he'll definitely be in discussion as well, which is why I think Ryan Pepio being traded for a proven arm makes sense because, yeah, it sucks to get rid of that th that years of control, but, you know, you get a proven arm and they still have like six arms waiting in the minors that can make an impact in some way. In terms of the rotation, that's how I think it's probably going to be with the arms we have now and then a mix of those five guys. And then you pray that maybe the Brewers just fall apart and then go after Corbin Burns at the trade deadline, which has been rumored right now is that they're going to try to contend. If it falls apart, go get the arm that has been linked to you all off season and then have that going into October next year. But that's just, that's just the dream case scenario. So. 
Okay, guys, I just want to end the show real quick. Uh, I want to bring in Babyface because Babyface was at the press conference today. So I just want you to, Babyface, tell us how crazy it was because I know there were a lot of complaints in terms of the questions that were being asked to Otani, especially by the American media. It seems that the Japanese media was asking better questions than the American media. And um, before I throw it over to you, Babyface, I just want to say this. I am for the worker here, so you can go ahead and paint me a communist all you want, but I stand in solidarity for our writers, uh, Plunkett, and the members of the, uh, a lot of the writers for the Orange County Register who walked out today because, as Bill Plunkett said, he hasn't gotten a raise since 2007. And that just, to me, can you guys imagine not getting a raise, getting your benefits reduced, uh, it's messed up. Uh, Jeff Fletcher is another writer. We've had him on the show. He walked out today. It was a one-day walkout. So I stand in solidarity with those guys today, and hopefully uh, those, those, that company will start bargaining in good faith. But I digress to more baseball talk. Babyface. So, I mean, I didn't – I thought there was a lot of good questions, right? I mean – one of the main ones was trying to figure out what was actually wrong with Shohei, right? And trying to get those answers out of him. Um, that was a woman the, that asked that question first, by the way. And the timeline, the timeline of kind of when, when he signed and, and what was going on with the other teams, you know, um, and obviously the obvious one, right? What, what was the, what was his dog's name? Right. And it was decoy. So I think, I think they, you know, it was kind of short. It was kind of maybe like, I don't know, was it like 10 minutes, 15 minutes at the most. It seemed kind of short. And then, and then he went off and went back and he took pictures inside the stadium. He put full uniform on. And then his agent was answering questions and Friedman and Roberts were answering questions on the other side. But I mean, it was, it was pretty packed. I think uh, he mentioned that, you know, when they asked him, how do you feel about, you know, walking out here? And, and he thought it was going to be just, it, it's going to be pretty easy. Right. And just media, right. Just media. a little bit of media. And then he walks out there and there's like, you know, 400 media out there. So I noticed it yesterday because I also went to the holiday event and he wasn't even supposed to be there, right? It was just supposed to be Joe Kelly and tons of media for that just because he was going to talk about, obviously, Shohei Otani. So it is the new normal, the new norm. Uh, there is going to be a lot of media, uh, you know, surrounding Dodger Stadium for Shohei Otani. Yeah, it was really nuts. Uh, Efren coming in here. Blink, uh, Bill Plunkett travels on the road to cover the team and he pays for stuff out of his own pocket. They deserve raises. Thank you for that, Efren. And the group that uh, Bill Plunkett works for is the Southern California News Group. Uh, so all all the writers that work for the Southern California News Group, uh, uh, you are in my thoughts today, and I, I, I support you. We may have had differences in the past when we run across each other in the clubhouse, but the fact um, that you guys have not gotten raises, that your benefits have been reduced, I think is shameful. And I did see Plunkett there, and he didn't have anything in his hands. He was just sitting there, no notes, no nothing. He was just just there. Yeah, Plunkett said he was not going to uh, cover anything on there. But uh, if you can, uh, support journalists, especially the good ones, guys, because we need them uh to, to keep these teams honest, right? Um, you guys, uh, before we end the show, uh, thanks for the updates. I mean, the Raiders 63 and the Cargadores 14. Uh, any of you guys uh, had an opinions on the press conference there? Alonzo, anything that caught your eye that that you were surprised by? 
no, it's kind of what I expected. If I'm completely honest, you know, for for a player introduction, um, it is. I mean, the big breaking news, obviously, was the fact that his dog's name is Decoy. I was surprised by that. I, I was really hoping it was something like Artful Dodger or Wishbone, like that would have been rad. But Artful Dodger, he's a big Dickens fan, huh? Yes, 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 yes. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he looks to be well-read, you know, so we could have seen that. But, uh, but you know, other than that, no, it was kind of what I expected. I, you know, I, the, the MLB network coverage, if anything – was a little more insightful. It kind of gave us an idea of, of really how no one knew what was going on. You know, Shohei apparently thought it was funny about the, the tracking of the plane on Friday. Um, and he just kind of was, I'm chilling at the pad, having a burrito, and I'm just laughing at all these people because I'm literally sitting at home. And so, uh, and then the way that Friedman found out, you know, they, he was at his kid's soccer game and Nez called him and said, hey, you got the player. Like that's, like there's an Instagram post going out in five minutes. So let your people know. So, you know, it was, it kind of give you a little bit of, of insight, but literally no one knew. Right. So that that's all kind of, I took away from it. Uh, Canelo. Yeah. I mean, what, what more do you expect to, for a player of his caliber, uh, especially to say like during these meetings, like, of course he wants to win, but um, I think a lot of the comments that we've already talked about today, just of how he talked with the ownership in the front office and kind of what they expect in these next 10 years with Otani and especially in 2024, where it looks like they really are trying to put all their chips in this, this season and are trying to not only just win the division again, uh, but also just make a deep run in the playoffs. And I think now we're, we're just going back to that territory. We, I know every year we say it like it's either world series or bust, but it's really starting to look that way um, in my mind where I, I'm pretty lenient to go that route. But when you make a trade for when you sign Otani, you make a trade for glass. Now you're in on Yamamoto and then you're looking to pivot for other guys. Um, it really thinks, I really think the Dodgers are really trying to go all in this year. But in your takeaway from the press conference. Um, I actually wrote it. I'm trying to get in on these comments, but I just thought to myself, what a grand entrance, what a grand spectacle, what a grand event for someone who's been in Southern California for six years. Like it blows my mind that it's just like a restart and I wasn't sure what to expect. And now that it's over, I wish I would have gone. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Cause it looked really, you know, fun. <laughs> I, I really I, thought though that somebody like made a, like an account and I was like, Oh, is that, is that, that's not Alicia. Cause she's on the show with us. And that's all that comment. I so that's all I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations I, I, to the Dodgers. It was, it was, uh, they pulled it off, right? I mean, yeah. it, it was, it got us all talking. And, and sports is now entertainment, and entertainment is now sports. So I expect to see it on not just the sports channels, but on all news programs. Uh, what I, I'm going to leave you with this. What I noticed, and I'm curious to see if it continues for the rest of the season, is certain members of the media seem to have been bending over backwards, being nice to Otani. So I'm very curious if that will continue or if the first slump of the season is going to change that. Uh, a lot of this is, you know, dependent on access to Otani. And from what we've learned from his days with the Angels is that access can get cut off very, very quickly. And what I found interesting about the contract is there are mandated appearances by him in the contract. 
So he does need to go out there and shake hands and kiss babies. So I'm curious to see how that uh, continues throughout the season. Uh, and I'm also very curious. I, I heard the interview with Vasse and, and Otani after the press conference. And it, it was interesting that, that they were so reliant on the interpreter. You know, I got spoiled because when I could see Dorado doing the translating with Urias, I, I understood. So I know what Urias was really saying and how Dorado was translating it. With Otani, I really don't know what's going on, you know, so I am uh, dependent on that uh, on that translator. So I'm very curious to see how the relationship with the media uh, progresses this season. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Bleed Lows podcast. Once again, guys, we can't thank you enough for joining us on the live. I know this was very difficult because the Raiders were playing and they put over a 60 spot on there. But the fact that you guys joined us, uh, I'm very appreciative. And I'm just going to say right now, the comment of the line of the night. And it's just because he's also the Mr. Raider, the ghost of Al Davis with the bleed Lows podcast today is like Thanos collecting all the infinity stones. That is correct. Ghost of Al Davis. Congratulations. You are the comment of the night. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the, to our, our YouTube channel. Make sure you guys follow us on X and on the rest of the social uh, the socials as city boy chad says raiders you are sido su servidor juan ramirez de parte de mis colegas la princesa de picolandia alicia del valle alonso and canelo aka cody snavely we'll call him by his real name his alter ego nos vemos para la próxima this episode of the bleed lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag where the game starts nos vemos you had it Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.